The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Can you wave your hands to the Holy Ghost in this place this morning? There's a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost in this place. Just wave your hands to the Holy Ghost and give him praise this morning. Give him praise. Give him praise. Open your mouth and speak Holy Ghost. I would like to have an encounter with you this morning. I'd like you to anoint me afresh. Anoint me afresh. Anoint me for this phase. Anoint me for this second half of the year. Father, we give you praise. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place this morning. We give you the praise. For in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you welcome two or three persons to church this morning and you may be seated. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity to bring God's word to God's people this morning. I would like us to turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26 and from verse 26. If we are going to title this morning's message, we can title the meanings of the communion. Today's communion service. And um, a lot of people, the only, a lot of people take communion because, yes, yeah, that's what we do in our church. Every once a month we take communion. Some people do not know why we take the communion. Some do not know what are the benefits. What does it symbolize? Why should we take the communion? Am I qualified to take the communion? And we are, I mean, there are various questions that various people have this morning. Trust God by his word. We'll be able to address some of these things and be able to cause people to have faith in what we do. Now, the communion is not only for miracles. Some people, the only thing they know about the communion is that it's only for miracles. When I, when I desire a miracle, that's, that's when I partake of the communion. So, Matthew 26 from verse 26 says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of these fruits of the vine from now, from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Hallelujah. So, you know, the last statement there, when they had sung a hymn, so even Jesus sang hymns. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They went out to the Mount of Olives. And throughout scripture, this is a scripture that is um, quite popular that people are used to or before Jesus was crucified, you know, the last supper, and then they broke bread, and then they, and then he fed his people, and then he gave up, he went to the cross, he gave up the ghost. You know, the communion simply, I mean, you know, explaining simply, it, it, it just means that, uh, it, uh, it simply explained as breaking bread and drinking wine. 
that Jesus said that this symbolizes and represents his body and his blood. It means partaking of bread and wine, which symbolizes, um, I mean, like Jesus described, you know, that you are eating of my body and that you are also drinking of my blood. And um, this cannot be far from, um, from what we've known historically, looking at God's word, when the Bible to understand that there was an old covenant, there's a new covenant, and um, we understand that God is a God of covenants, and he keeps, he started cutting covenant from Genesis, from Genesis, from time of Adam, Adam and Eve, he made a covenant with them, killed the animal, used their skin, he shed blood, and covenants were caught, he caught covenants with, with um, Noah, he kept looking for a man until he got to Abraham, then he caught a covenant with Abraham, God is a God of covenant, and then God made a promise to Abraham, and to thy seed, and then God made a prom- promise to Abraham. And until Jesus came, Jesus fulfilled that promise. And then Jesus sacrificed himself. And then we now have access to the new covenant under which we stand, under which we operate right now. And it's because of the new covenant, it's because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that you and I have access to God. That you and I can stand and lift up our hand and say, Abba, Father, because of the new covenant because of the covenant that jesus entered in once and for all on your behalf and on my behalf he went in he sacrificed himself god needed a sacrifice hallelujah and when he sent jesus you know he's been cutting various covenants with god has become various covenants uh, um with, with with mankind over the years sometimes you know at the point we are using bulls and goats and rams and he couldn't take away that guilt feeling that people had until Jesus came, until he died on the cross of Calvary, and he brought us salvation, hallelujah, which has all been all God's plan and intent from the foundation of the world, hallelujah. You know, um, you cannot talk about the communion without talking about the covenant, because it's the covenant that we have with God that gives us access, that we're able to buy of this communion, my body broken for you, drink my blood, hallelujah. You know, I'm going to be talking about five or six things this morning. Uh, meanings of the communion. The first one I'll talk about this one is identification. You know, Jesus identified with us in having his, his body broken and, and we identifying with him in eating the bread and identifying with his body. When we, when we, when we, drink, the, 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 when, when we drink the wine, we identify him. He shed his blood for you and I. He shed his blood. You know, the law of identification when we teach you on redemption, we talk about the law of identification, what he did and what we did. You know, how we accept his sacrifice. How he became our substitute. How Jesus became our substitute. Jesus became our substitute. Hallelujah. And that's one reason why you can say that. That one is why you can say that death is no longer, no longer has power over us. Sickness is not my portion. Because Jesus became sin on my behalf. He became sin on your behalf. Hallelujah. You know, and we identify with him. Is that when we partake of the communion, one of the things you are doing is that you are remembering, you are reenacting that covenant. You are remembering what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. That's one of the things that he does. He marks your mind. You remember, I'm identifying with him. So, you are remembering that how he identified with us and he took our sin and went to the cross. Hallelujah. And then we, we, we identify with him in the sense that we took his righteousness. 
He took our sins. He gave us his righteousness. And so each time you partake of the communion, you remember, you know, I have the righteousness of God, not by what I've done or what I've, not by what I've not done, but I am his righteousness based on the sacrifice of Jesus, based on the fact that he identified with me in sin and he gave me the right, hallelujah, he gave me that right standing with God. That's one of the things that the communion communicates. That's one of the meanings of the communion. We identify with him. He identifies with us. Hallelujah. The law of substitution. Hallelujah. He took our place. Gave us his own place. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. He who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Hallelujah. And, you know, when you eat the bread, which signifies that, that Jesus and you are one, the righteousness of Jesus becomes your righteousness. Becomes your righteousness. And this is something that you must always have at the back of your mind when we partake of the communion. We, 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 we identify with him as he has identified with us in the saying, hallelujah. The second point I would like us to note, that we have oneness with the body, hallelujah. When we partake of the communion, you know, remember that oneness with the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. I can also note down First Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 to verse 34. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. And First Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 to verse 34. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Hallelujah. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? And so when you partake of the communion, one of the things that it symbolizes that you remember, that you are not alone, and glory to God, I'm a member of the body of Christ. This is the strongest body on the, uh, on the face of this earth. I'm a member of that body. When you partake of the communion, you remember that oneness that we have in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Christ is the head and we, have, we are his body. He is the head and we are his body. He is incomplete without us. Jesus is incomplete without us. And one of the things, when you partake of the communion, you remember this. I am a member of that body. Hallelujah. What the head will not do, my body will not do. And it sets free. When we partake of the communion, it is liberating. It's liberating. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are united with him. And as such, we are no longer complete. I mean, we, are, we, are no, we are no longer complete without one another. We are not complete without one another. Because you're a member of the body of Christ. So if you have the finger, we are not complete. The body, if I'm just attached to Jesus, I'm not attached to the other members of the body. We are not complete. And we need one another. We need one another. So some people who practice doctrine of God in the belly, I can stay on my own. I don't want to, you know, most of the time when people isolate themselves from the body of Christ, it's like, um, it's, like, um, it's like what Liverpool says, never walk alone. When you walk alone, you'll be defeated. And, uh, and like um, a proverb that, um, that um, the, the Yoruba people says, and it says, it goes thus. You can look for the interpretation of it. You know, and kukwaka. That is, it is because the snake walks alone. That's why the cobra is killed. 
It's because, listen, a Christian, you are never supposed to walk alone. You are never supposed to walk alone. You have access. That's why when you come to church and we are praising God, we are worshiping God, we, we, that corporate anointing comes into operation. There's something that you can only fight by yourself. But when we join with the body of Christ, then something happens to you. Sometimes you come to church and we are worshiping God. You know, you've been praying about certain things for years. And you start lifting up your hand with other Christians. We are praying together. You know, and then it lifts. Because you're not supposed to do it all alone. You're not supposed to carry your body all alone. Hallelujah. We not only enter covenant with God but also with one another. Every new creation has the right to partake of the communion and should discern the body rightly. Once you are a new creation, you get born again, you give your life to Jesus, automatically you have become a member of the body of Christ and you have access, you have the right to partake of the communion. You have the right to partake of the communion. Sometimes some people say, oh, but I still committed sin last week. And so, I, I, you know, in some gathering, because you have not confessed your sin, and so you won't partake of the communion. The way it is, the Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father in First John. Hallelujah. First John chapter 1, verse 2. You know, we have an advocate with the Father. You know, if anyone committed, you can always go back to him. We have Jesus is our advocate. Hallelujah. Jesus is our advocate. He is our intercessor. You know, when, who do we call an advocate? You know, in Nigerian country, a lot of people, you know, people they call the senior advocates of Nigeria. And everybody says, who are they? What do they do? All an advocate does for you is to speak on your behalf. And Jesus is speaking on your behalf. Even this morning, he forever lived to intercede for us. He speaks on your behalf. And so when you remember that, so even if you committed any sin, remember that Jesus is speaking on my behalf. Jesus intercedes on my behalf. So you confess that sin. Confess on the go. Don't wait till Sunday. Don't commit a sin on Monday and then wait till Sunday morning. That, and then you are wondering that when are we going to confess? Is there a um, confession of sin segment of the prayer, of, of the service? No. Because you have a relationship with God, you ought to, on the, on, on, you ought to confess your sins if you fall into any. Don't just say, I made a slip. When somebody is a sin, it's a sin. The Bible calls it, there are no gray areas where that's concerned. So, confess your sins to God and then continue the relationship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And thirdly, when it comes to the communion, the third point I want you to note this morning, it's that it reenacts the covenant that we have with God. A covenant is a spiritual contract. It's a spiritual contract or agreement binding on both parties. It can only be set aside by death. You know, from Genesis all the way until Jesus, God kept cutting covenants with mankind. Hallelujah. Cutting covenants with all my leading to the new covenant established by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you, I mean, if you read Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 to 11, talks about how God was cutting covenant, how God cut covenant with Abraham. And, and, and then the promises he told him, promises that he did not even see in his lifetime, but promises that were received by his kids. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you partake of the communion and drink the wine, you are partaking of the covenant. We are partaking of the covenant. And what's in that covenant? He's saying, in blessing, I'll bless you. In multiplying, I'll multiply you. By that covenant, the covenant that we have established by the blood of Jesus dealt with sickness. It dealt with sin. 
it dealt with sinful habit. And so you can overcome all the, like Romans chapter 6 says, that sin shall no longer have what? Dominion over you. If you find it, it, that blood of Jesus deals with besetting sin. Some people will classify various kinds of sins. Say, look, my own problem is besetting sin. It just doesn't go away. The, the blood of Jesus makes no distinction where it's concerned. The blood of Jesus deals with whatever kind of sin. It deals with whatever kind of sinful habit that, that needs to be dealt with. The blood of Jesus deals with lack. It deals with poverty. It deals with diseases. And that's why a lot of people already symbolize the partaking of communion as a miracle meal. Because what happens most of the time is the fact that when people partake of it, and but but you know, you only experience what you experience from God is what you receive by revelation. And so, if you catch that revelation as a partake of the communion, things change. Life is God's life is imparted into me afresh. So, if they've been suffering from any affliction, any sickness, remember that as you partake of the communion, something happens. And what's that in the life of God is released. And that life of God ejects death out of your system. It ejects sickness. It ejects death. You know, remember what Pastor T kept sharing with us. He said this testimony so many times about how God told him how the devil is afraid of the blood of Jesus. When they were believing, they believed God for, 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 for children. Many years ago, I God told him, and he, he kept taking the communion. You know what was happening? As he was taking those communion, God knew. God knew the solution to, to, to the problem and to the issue. And the more he partook of that communion, God was just pushing away darkness. Eh? He was pushing away whatever was, what was the situation in the natural. And the blood was injecting life. Life was being infused, infused, infused. Eh? And then the kids started showing up. Same way if it can happen in producing kids, it can happen where your business is concerned. And as you partake of the communion, you are releasing the life of God into that business. Eh? Releasing the life of God into the academics. Eh? This, the, 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 the partaking of the communion releases life. It releases life. And not just any kind of life. Not the life of goats. Eh? Not the life of bulls. Eh? Or of chicken. Or of pigs. Eh? But the life of God. You know, don't get to that place where you forgot some of those that the life of God, Zoe, the life of God, as a partake of the body, it's a, it symbolizes the body. And then, you know, it's the point of contact. You just remember, when Jesus died, we entered into a new covenant. Hallelujah. In every covenant, you must always remember that there are promises and commitments to make. We have promises to enjoy. In this covenant. Blessings to enjoy. And at the same time, we have obligations in the covenant. There are obligations in the covenant. And as you receive these blessings, eh, I receive these promises. Eh, remember those obligations you have in, 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 through the covenant. And I know part of the obligation we have in the covenant is that we should not neglect together, you know, fellowshipping with one another. You know, as a covenant-minded Christian, it's not because it's not because um, of anything, but you realize that because of the covenant, I have a commitment to God's house and God's work. And he said, let me allow, let there be meat in my house. And that's one of the reasons, part of your obligation commitment is that I'm committed to ensure that there's meat in God's house. That's why you don't spend your tithes and you, you, you give your tithes to God. Because you remember that there's a covenant, I have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God and God does his part, I do my part. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me tell you about don't, don't practice covenant recklessness and irresponsibility. 
Glory to God. Number four, another meaning of the communion. It's a memorial. Um, turn to Exodus chapter 12, verse 17. It says, so you, you know, so you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day, I will have brought your enemies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. This is actually when the Passover started. When the Passover started, when God told them, mark the lintel of your house, the, the doorpost, and then, and then the, there's the mark of the blood. And then we say, when the angel of death, but not only the angel of death that passed, God also actually passed that night. He walked through. Then the angel of death came. Now, when we partake of the communion, one of the things that should dawn upon your heart is the fact that I am marked. The same way the children of Israel were marked and none of their firstborn died. When you partake of the communion, that is far from you. You partake of the communion. So no death in your business, no death in your home, no death around you. Hallelujah. You know, it was during the time of Pastor that Jesus actually took the bread and the wine. When it happened then, it was figurative. When it happened, you know, in Israel, before Jesus, before Jesus came, many, many thousands of years after it was figurative, the Bible refers to him that, that I mean, you know, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, talks about this lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus is called our Passover lamb. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Corinthians, if you can project 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, is that it refers to Jesus as our Passover lamb. He's our Passover lamb. Hallelujah. Is that lamb? He was slain from the foundation of the earth. Glory to God. You know, and basically what this simply means when you talk about a memorial is the fact that um, is the fact is the fact that God wants you to keep the cross in focus. You know, when you partake of the communion, you remember the cross. God wants you to keep it in focus. That the reason why I'm alive is because of this. You know, if you remember when the serpent, when there was a breakout of those serpents, they were biting the children of Israel. And the only thing that God told them to do is that let them just tell them, raise that serpent. Let them keep their eyes on, let them keep their eyes on, 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 on that serpent. On, on, on that stick, on that stick, on that stick. And, and then the more they looked at it, as the serpents were biting them, there was having no effect. And if, as you keep your eyes on Jesus, as you partake of the communion, you are keeping your eyes on Jesus. You are keeping your eyes on Jesus. And as you keep your eyes on Jesus, no matter the affliction, no matter the opposition, the more you look at the Bible calls it, you know, when you look into God, the Bible calls the word of God the perfect law of liberty. You are liberated from situation and disease. You are liberated from trouble. Trouble is not allowed around you. Because when you remember, when, when you partake of the communion, you are remembering the cross. And as you remember the cross, my sins, my troubles, my worries, my concerns, we are nailed to the cross. And the more you look at that, then you remember that he died. Not only did he die, he rose again. He rose again. And so no matter what you are going through as you partake of the communion, you realize that it will pass. It will pass. It will pass. The communion liberates. It's a memorial. When you remember, you know, why do they have Memorial Day? You remember that... Mm, in Nigeria, a lot of us do not know when they do have fussy remembrance. Most of us do not even know it. But in the U.S., in U.K., when they do have fussy remembrance, it's a big deal. 
Because what they do, do is that they remember the sacrifices of people who gave their life for their nations. And that's why the communion is a memorial. He didn't give his life for nations. He gave his life for the whole world. He gave his life for you and I. He gave his life. He gave his life so that poverty becomes a thing of the past. And prosperity becomes my reality. So that sickness becomes a thing of the past. Health becomes my reality. Death becomes a thing of the past. Life becomes my reality. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Once the devil can get you to start doubting and forget the sacrifice of Jesus, you lose your victory. You lose your victory because your victory is based on the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. You lose that victory. You know, most of the time when we come and we are dejected, and this is one of those kills, one of those things that helps us to deal with situations. Around now, people are easily getting depressed. And what happens is that and we become hopeless. When you remember the cross, you cannot afford to be hopeless. You cannot afford to be hopeless. You cannot say, I have no hope in this world. I don't know anybody, so I need a job. The cross is my hope. Christ is my hope. As I partake of the communion, hope is renewed afresh in my, on my inside. Hope is stirred up afresh on my inside. The communion reenacts hope. You know that there's a better tomorrow. Because he lives, eh, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, eh, tomorrow will be better than today. And because we have testimonies of people whose tomorrow was better than their past. Eh. You know, I was at a convention recently, and a man was talking, you know, the owner of, of Coscharis, and I've never heard it. Eh. I mean, he was sharing his story. You know, he only had primary, primary three education, and he owns Coscharis. I mean, I was a Coscharis group. He tells BMW now, if you don't know it, it means that all you know is Marwa and Toyota. But if you know the BMWs, the Rolls Royces, the Bentley, Ford, Porsche, you know, those, now, those are luxury things. And this was some, someone who did not have, who is not as educated as most of us in this place. He had just primary three. And he kept saying, the distinction was that he came in contact with Jesus at 14 plus and that changed the story. Everything changed for him. Everything changed for him. Jesus is in the, still in the business of changing stories. He's still in that business. It's the same. Bible says it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's, he's still in that business of changing story, rewriting story, changing lineage. Glory to God. Glory to God. No, the communion renews the experience of our deliverance from the world into the kingdom of God. It, it, it renews that I've been delivered from the world. I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. One of the things that the kingdom, communion does for you is that you remember you have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. Glory to God. The fifth thing I want you to know, it's an act of faith. John chapter 6 verse 31 to verse 37. John 6. Let's, let's, let's read this together. John chapter 6. Verse 31 to verse 37. Let me just start from verse... Um, Okay, let's tell one. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, 
Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gave you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hallelujah. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say, I said to you that you, you have seen me and yet do not believe. And all, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no wise cast out. Hallelujah. I will by no wise cast out. Taking the commandments and acts of faith. Verse 25 actually was talking about believe that when you believe, you are drinking. When you believe, go and look at eating and then look at the, the believing. You are drinking of his blood. You know, I'm, I, you know, when I put my faith in the blood that was shed for me at Calvary about a thousand years ago, you know, that act of Jesus, it always works. It is sure. It works. You know, I mean, Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, you can know that, check that when you get home. Even when you commit sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Confess your sins on the move and move on. Let me tell you, about confess your sins on the move and move on. And lastly, an act of thanksgiving, Matthew chapter 26, verse 27. So turn your Bible to me, with me to Matthew 26, verse 27. It says, you know, lastly, the meaning of the comment is an act of thanksgiving. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. The communion is an expression of thanksgiving to God. When we do it in remembrance of him, we are thanking him for what he has done. Hallelujah. We are thanking him for what he has done. God has designed that we, we, that we would appreciate him through the communion. So that the power and the effect of the communion can be made more manifest in our lives. He has designed in such a way that we will thank him through the, through the communion. Our victory is in the blood of, of, of Christ. Our victory is in the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, my victory is in the blood of Christ. I see you getting victory over struggles. I see you getting victory over sinful habits. Over sicknesses. Over oppression. Over lack. And whatever the enemy has brought against your life. I see you getting victory. I want you to lift up your voice to God this morning where you are. I want you to lift up your voice to God where you are this morning. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to declare. Based on the light you have received this morning, begin to declare God's word. Begin to pray. Which area of this world has impacted you? Don't wonder. Don't look around. Shut your eyes. Begin to commune with God in prayer this morning. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.